to the Designated Drinker Show, the podcast that's raising the bar on craft cocktails. I am your host, Louise Solis, and with me is my very talented friend, who is a true pioneer woman, the mixtress DC Gina. <laughs> I love it. I shouldn't have shaved my legs. And then I would have really nailed the roll today. Well, and your armpits, too. You got to put those in there, too. You know. Whatever you got to do to stay warm, right? I don't know. I don't, I don't, <laughs> I might have to unpioneer at that point. I, I have to, I don't know. Shed a little. I'm not, in, I'm not into it. It's like there's some things that Neil and I shouldn't have in common, and that is one. I totally agree. <laughs> Couldn't agree more. Uh, so where are you coming from today, Lipbug? So I'm on the hill at Buffalo and Bergen, um, across from Capitol, um, Capitol Hill in Washington, D.C., and it's our um, second location. So nice, nice. Feeling uh, homey today. Homey and in your mask, being safe behind the bar because you are uh, open for business and uh, yes, yes. doing all the things you need to do. And just so if anyone knows, if she sounds a little muffled, it's not that she's uh, slurring, which that <laughs> happens yet. from time to time on this show. It's because she is being incredibly responsible and running a business and wearing a mask. Um, so, all right, back to the show, Gina. I'm going <laughs> to drop a name today and I'm going to bet you know who this is. And it's Jerry P. Thomas, the father of American mixology. No? Am I going to introduce you to someone new? Holy cow. Here we go. So he spent a little bit of time in California during the gold rush, but then he settled in New York City. And he, he, uh, he opened his first bar below Barnum, Barnum's American Museum. And maybe with that influence, he was bitten by the vagabond bug. Who knows? Because he then left New York and traveled the road for several, several years, bartending from coast to coast, including my hometown, St. Louis, Missouri, and one of our favorites, Gina. He made it all the way uh, south as New Orleans. He then jumped the pond, toured Europe, but uh, crazy enough, he obviously was a true character. He carried along with him a set of silver, solid silver bar tools. And he was obviously quite the showman. He was probably one of those, you know, early on, he uh, juggled and lit things on fire. Um, so, and during this time, he worked at the Occidental in, in San Francisco, where he created the Blue Blazer. And you probably know this better than me because he lit whiskey, um, lit the Scotch. glasses of fire. What's that? Scotch whiskey. There you go. See, I knew you'd correct me. And he's passing it back and forth between the two mixing glasses, which created the arc, uh, an arc of flame. Um, I've only I, you did that one time when we were in New Orleans when you poured from uh, like you were using gravy boats. I think like silver gravy boats. It was amazing. Um, so. Like I said, I knew you were going to know who this is. So, he, so that our listeners know, he's also credited with authoring what may be the first American drink book to be published. Um, and it was How to Mix Drinks or uh, Bon Viance, is that correct? Uh, companion? The second book, The Bon Viance, yes. Um, and it, and it basically, with his approach and commitment to mixology obviously le left a lasting impression because it, he is also credited with establishing bartending more as a profession as opposed to just a drink slinger. And again, he was quite that showman. Apparently, he was very bejeweled quite often, including his glassware and his uh, and his uh, and his uh, tools. So, um, kind of reminded me of you just a little bit, Gina. <laughs> I. Keep going. I want, I want you to introduce, and then, we'll, and then we'll talk. Go. Keep going. So, 
Yeah, and I'm going to assume our guest is going to be able to fill in all the gaps that I've left here. Um, so um, after, all, after all of this talk about talented bartenders and commitment to professionalism brings me to today's designated drinker. She is the portfolio brand ambassador of Samson in Surrey um, and a gal about town. She is Mary Kelly. Welcome to the show, Mary. Thanks. Thanks, Louise. Thanks, uh, Gina, for having me on. I'm excited to be here. I am happy to have you. We're so happy to finally have you. Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I also like the fact that Louise put you with um, Jerry Thomas, which is pretty effing amazing, right? I know. That's Um, a lot to live up to. I know. I was like, I didn't bring my pocket square. Glendon would have brought a pocket square. Yes. I mean, so Louise, let's cherry top your story since this this episode is about uh, Mary Kelly and And in honor of World Bartender Day. Absolutely. Um, Jerry Thomas, my favorite story about him is that he, and I'm pretty sure that I'm correcting him. If I'm wrong, say I'm wrong. But he carried a rat on his shoulder and he had like a pet rat that would like run around him and everything. And it was part of his shtick. And um, a bartender here in DC who I love, she also has pet rats. And I'm always like, you should bartend with them. And you know, she, I don't know, maybe she has at some point, but I absolutely think that that was like such a showman thing to do. And, um, and if it wasn't for people like Jerry Thomas that actually wrote down those recipes, we would still be behind several several decades because it was his travels and prohibition hitting and him moving to Europe that really brought the idea that this bartender mixologist it was more than just somebody to sling spirits so wherever you are thank you <laughs> so he's buried in the Bronx he has a um, he's apparently has a, his, his grave is in the Bronx it's funny is that all the you know I do research to find this I figured you and Mary would be way ahead of me um, but I didn't find nothing that I read said anything about a rat on a shoulder and and, uh, and nothing am I right Mary that's right the, the right I, I think so and I've seen I've seen pictures I've seen like yeah. um, drawings of it but it doesn't surprise me either especially bartending below Barnum's um, like that's that's a place where anyway circus folk and people who could train those things probably would have been um, so we probably True. may have been trained to, even when he got him <laughs> you know? oh interesting um, interesting yeah, yeah yeah it was it was quite the character and the other thing it did none of my research actually connected his trip to Europe during prohibition as soon as you said that that made sense to me I'm like well of course he had to go where he could still work right I think that's going to be the, like the most interesting thing that that point, because right now I think we're seeing a, a migration similarly in the U.S. where people can and can't work and who will be where when when it's when it's over. What will our landscape look like? You know. Oh, interesting. Be, hey, Mary, I have something that's really interesting. I always say as they're signing all this new legislation for like the PPP and all this stuff, I'm like, you better be careful that on there isn't a prohibition law or something to like say that we can't drink or or do something because that's how they snuck it on on a land act in order to to pass prohibition. And all of the senators and and Congress were not sure how prohibition actually got, got passed. They were like, what are you talking about? They closed the the Capitol, the bar that was inside the Capitol. And they're like, what are you doing? And they're like, you passed the act. You got to read the whole thing. Yeah. So, you know, when they give them a 900 page document, they're like, this is going to be the PPP. Maybe you read page 
you know, 875 and you're like, holy shit, <laughs> you're going to take away my freedom. No way. Anyway, they, they forgot to exempt themselves as usual. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Well, in honor of World Bartender Day, I would like us to start the show off with just right and start with a little toast of whatever you ladies enjoy. Cheers to you. Cheers. 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 It's tough doing a drinking podcast when you have to like try spirits and drink and you know. It's a tough job. It's a tough job. You're, you, although you do have the challenge of trying to drink through a mask. But I, we all know you are doing the right thing. We all know that we all have certain things we have to, to, to work through, you know, champions so we can get to the other side and keep our bars and restaurants open. So sorry if I'm hitting that one hard on the head. Everyone needs to know that I love my friends who work in the food and beverage industry and I want them to be safe. And the last thing I want them to do is close again. So wear your damn mask. Sorry. PSA over. <laughs> yeah. So. All right. Mary. Tell us about being a gal about town. What makes you a brand ambassador? Well, um, this year has been a little different, but before that, um, it's it's definitely a fun job. Um, I spend many years behind the bar, and I, I miss the bar in general this year, big time. I miss the people behind it. I miss the team building and creativity of being behind the bar. Um, but you know, when you're back there, you have to be a little bit in love with spirits and, and as I was spirits and wine, um, I spent a lot of time educating myself about those, um, working events with often with, um, different brands that would come into town or creating menus for them for their different events. Um, and so that kind of naturally led me, um, to, uh, portfolio of spirits that I have always used in, in my programs and, and been in love with. And when they kind of became a portfolio, it became a natural step to me to kind of just move into working uh, with them with their events across the country, um, creating, creating those still creative moments, but for them. So day to day, a brand ambassador, I'm helping to um, bring the kind of beauty of our portfolio to both the trade, to bartenders and to consumers at home. Um, be that, you know, through through events or through this year, through very many virtual um, virtual trainings and things like that, or just creating um, at home things for, for, for folks to do. Um, we, we do a lot with off premise, too. You'll see us in off premise places tasting, tasting you when you come in to kind of do your shopping. Often the person there standing there as a brand ambassador is ready to tell you all about their everything they've got in their bag. Um, so that's a lot of fun. We, if only yeah. I still lived in a state that I that could happen. <laughs> I know Virginia, right? It's Virginia is funny. I, you know, I've been able to do um, I've been able to do some tastings at places. Um, like we do some stuff in, with the Bevadero for for Mezcal um, because they're they're just such a great partner for that. Um, but but it is a it's a little funny. I know the, the laws are there. They're a little funny. I usually just call our friend McGarrett and I'm like, McGarrett, am I allowed to do this in Virginia? <laughs> there he's like, yeah or no. Like, um, it's not generally in my in my thing, but we have lots of great friends down there, so we try to get in there and do what we can. Um, so we do that. Um, we, you know, we work at whiskey, um, whiskey places around the, the country. Um, we do, we do the big shows when you, you know, buy your ticket to whiskey fast, you're always, you know, at least have a brand ambassador in front of you, usually a distiller or someone from the distillery, but we're usually there accompanying them, you know, 
handing them buzzwords really in a lot of ways. Um, but um, yeah, so we get to share, share our portfolio essentially. Um, uh, we, you know, work in, in market with, with sales folks as well, but really with the trade with bartenders, um, seeing what they need, seeing what they want, throwing fun events that, you know, benefit the bars, benefit the bartender and benefit the brand. That's for me, the most important thing that doesn't always happen in my job is, is keeping it authentic and keeping it lucrative for everybody down the line. You know, you don't, there's, you know, we don't want to throw something at your place of business that makes no sense for your place of business or no sense for the brand. Um, we want to find our, our, our really lucrative common ground for, sure, for everybody. Sure. And it's something that then is really fun for the guests and keeps them coming back to our places that we love. Yep, absolutely. Um, I mean, that's that we all know that you know our bartenders are our friends that help bridge that gap. I'm, I, you know, that's the kind of basis of the show. And I'm always asking Gina those silly little questions. But it is the truth is that it, it's I always like Gina, what's a listener going to do when they're standing in the aisle and they're faced with eight different gins or twenty different gins? And how do you even choose? And it's great to have that person um, like you and Gina who can really help us navigate that space and understand because if a spirit could be wonderful, but if you misuse it or don't, you know, you don't use it the right way, the way that the spirit is meant to be used and the color, the profiles can be um, most appreciated, you could have a wrong impression. So, um, so thank you for helping the rest of us get drunk in a good way. <laughs> That's that's part of it too. I do. I enjoy imbibing, and it's, I'm not going to say I'm not having fun out there at all. Um, I've been having fun for years and years. I've just found a way to make a career out of it, which is, you know, makes the rest I'm, of us I'm enjoying. Envious. There's no question. Absolutely, <laughs> that is the truth, right? It's a gospel yeah. truth, really. Um, Absolutely, Mary. I have a question. So when you so just because some people don't really like, you know, we're talking about being an ambassador and how you get there. So you said that you missed behind the bar and everything, but don't you think that being an ambassador, it's almost like you're behind so many bars. Okay. So you have to like go in, help step in, you know, whatever it is. For sure. For sure. And, and you don't have to stay till close, which, I, which is one of the advantages of, of it. Um, but yeah, no, for sure it is. And you're, and you really, in, in a, a normal year who <laughs> would still be having that consumer interaction, that social moment um, with people. And, and you do get, you know, people who follow your brand and, and want to come and do that and want to come and hang out with you. So, so, so it's that, I guess what I'm, but we also work really autonomously in, in our areas, you know, like my closest person is Philly um, and then Texas. So, I do miss like the team building that I had, you know, when you have like a, like a brigade of folks and you're kind of heading into service, there's, I'm, I'm always going to miss that a little bit, you know. I always call that being in the trenches. So yeah, yeah I, my background as a creative in advertising it was the same thing is that you're all kind of charged with something. You've got to come up with that creative idea. You're in the trenches together to get to that bigger idea and sell it through. So it's kind of like yeah. the same. You got to miss you, being you, part you, of the pack. Yeah, and you win together, you get your ass kicked together. Exactly. You, know, like. you lick your wounds. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> That's true, right? That's funny. Gina, you guys know, I mean, it's, it's so, you want it, let's do it. You want to jump right into the tasting? All right, I had it's another It's so good. I just had a little sip of it. I just want to talk about it because I want to talk about it. Yeah, let's and do then, it. Good, and then we can go back to the question. No, it's a good segue. It's a good segue. All right, so... 
what Mary brought to the show for us all to taste, which is to make us, uh, again, World Bartenders Day. Appreciate all of our bartenders and our food and beverage industry and what's happening and how we can support. She brought us Widow Jane. So please, Mary, I'm going to throw it back to you because I'm just going to taste because I don't know what the hell I'm talking about. So Widow Jane um, is has been one of my favorite bourbons since before that I worked with them. Um, you can ask folks around town. I used to carry a bottle when it was just an eight year in my purse with me and do the job <laughs> before I had the job. Out of context, <laughs> that was that was even funnier. I always had it. Right, in my you know, <laughs> if I just carry this around with me, someone will eventually pay me to do that. Right. Um, <laughs> but uh, we so so this is so Widow Jane is a, a distillery in Brooklyn, um, and so they do two different things at that distillery. They have a they have, they have a, we have a master blender who is also our our president, our master blender, and our head of distilling. So we have things that we distill, and we have things that we blend. And our and our signature tenure has always been a blend of K- Kentucky, Indiana, and Tennessee whiskey that's then proofed down with the water um, from, from the Rosendale mine system. Um, we, are, we are right next, our, our food grade water is right next to the Widow Jane mine where we get the name for our whiskey. Um, but we get this super amazing high in magnesium, high in calcium water that we proof down with um, that gives us this really beautiful um, long finish, kind of older than it even seems, than it's labeled sometimes at 10 years, um, but really like beautiful, cinnamon, vanilla, nutmeg, a little bit of almond um, for me on that initial one. The one that we're tasting today is our distillers select, You'll Never Walk Alone. And so this is, um, this is, a, this is a blend that was specifically made and went to just a handful of cities and 100% of the, of the proceeds from this are going to be split between the USBG, um, the Charity Foundations, Bartenders Fund, and Half to Core, which is um, uh, children of restaurant employees. So we're, we're splitting that with a minimum of $50,000 um, donation to each. Um, and so this is a mark that we are only um, releasing to on-premise accounts. Um, we specifically wanted to do that um, so that one, it was, it was it's, it's at our, our regular price for the, the, the that the 10 comes in at. Um, it's a little higher in proof. Um, it's 100 proof um, because it is a bartender's edition and <laughs> we want you to sip with it and play with it. And I think Gina has amazing cocktails coming up that sounds perfect with it. Um, but this was really just our way of saying thank you. Um, here's something that you can offer that will be only in your hands that people will come and be will seek after um, and will help the business in that way. And then also we are spending all of the proceeds from it to help the bartenders so that we can help at every level as much as we can um, during, That's amazing. you know, I mean, bar- bartenders are our, are our backbone, you know. That's amazing. I mean, and, yeah. and, and who better to, to support than, um, especially now uh, in, in your space, not only the bartender, but the children as well. That's amazing. Yeah. So thank you. So shall okay. we taste, Gina? Yeah, but hold on. Okay, because I don't think I knew about the program for the children for the children of the of the children. Yeah, it's core, and so um, it's essentially it's helping helping the the family as a whole. I have to look into exact how how they divvy all of their their money up, but I think it includes sometimes things as as like as clothes for kids and like school supplies for kids that you're that you're not maybe able to to get right now. Making sure that food in them go beyond just the worker and and also help the family as a whole 
so for our listeners, we'll make sure that that um, information, there'll be a link to all of these efforts um, that if you want to investigate and want to be and help figure out a way how to support, um, we'll have all those links in our episode notes as well as the website um, where we'll have the recipes and everything else about Mary. So we'll make sure that our listeners have easy access to that. All right. Speaking what? of easy access, can I taste this yet, Gina? Yes. Sorry. <laughs> now I have to, I have to, uh, Mary gave me a bunch of other questions uh, and I've been drinking it. So... So you gave all the notes. I, I, when you're tasting, when you're tasting the cocktail, I'm sorry. When you're tasting the spirit, so nosing the spirits like super important, especially if you're tasting something at such a um, at a hundred proof or a bonded and bottle. So you want to like make sure that um, you're sticking your nose kind of in or over the glass, giving it a huge snuff in and blow it out of your mouth, so that your body is preparing for that um, hit of alcohol so high before you taste it because if you taste it right off the cusp you're going to like just kind of like basically be like whoa it's really hot or it's a little strong as much as I say and I hate to say it I always spit out the first um, the first go of it so that all the heat is inside of my um, is first of all putting a mask back on after you taste a high level spirit (laughs) is fucking deadly um Holy shit, that's hot. You know what, people, if you're listening to this, do not do what I just did. Do not taste a hundred proof spirit. Put your mask back on because death just happens to your eyes. Anyway, so you're going to taste it, spit it out, and then you're going to go and take your next sip because your mouth and, your, and all of your taste buds are willing to accept something so high in proof. And then you'll be able to taste all the notes that Mary's giving to you because it's not something that like you could do just normally straight away. That's the that's my PSA for tasting high proof today. Do not do not put your mask back on. <laughs> oh, okay, Mary, take it back, take it back. So with with all of Widow Jane, I always um, on the nose or somewhere on the palate get apple, which I think is really appropriate for a New York whiskey. <laughs> Um, and, and it comes in different different reasons for in different um, skews that we have. Um, but on the nose here, I just get a little bit of uh, leather, which we don't always get on the 10. And I think comes from that higher proof. Um, you're definitely getting, you know, traditional toasted oak, uh, creme brulee, that kind of fresh apple I get on the nose. I'm interested to hear what you all get, though. So uh, to be honest, I'm not the, the whiskey drinker. I'm definitely like more the tequila mezcals kind of space um gins um but this is really it, it's interesting when i when i taste different whiskeys and learning more again because i'm the novice here um learning more about this you're right there um when before you even said it and we were i was tasting it it was it, i got apples at the and and for me it came a little later um maybe because i didn't properly drink it the way or taste it the way gina <laughs> i just put it in there um i should have listened i should have known that she was going to tell me this not the first time i've heard her say that it's just I was excited to try it, um, but it was, I definitely got that apple, made me giggle when you said, oh, it's from New York, um, but it, it's, uh, it, for me, it was red apple. It's not a, it's not a bitter apple. It's a red apple. It's in, it's in the other thing, it, speaking of apples, it felt very round to me. So it's in that yeah. creme brulee finish for me is a little later. Um, 
It's very and that nice. ra- that roundness um, you'll find in a lot of our whiskeys, and it really comes from the water that we're using. It, you, even if you taste the water on its own, it's a, it has more of a viscous quality to it because it's higher in minerals. Um, so it's it's that that's kind of a a, a steady thing throughout all of Widow Jane's offerings. Um, I'd like to say one thing to New York, and when everyone says that the water doesn't make a difference. The water makes the difference, whether it's yeah. in alcohol, pizza, pizza, <laughs> bagels, <Littles>. bread. <laughs> so, Big yes, you, you can and make whiskey we, anywhere, right? But you, you can make whiskey anywhere and a huge difference. And, and that's kind of the terroir that, that's found in all spirits, wine, everything. You'll find a bit of that, too. And we're we're distilling as well. And mo- what we're distilling at Widow Jane isn't on the market yet. Um, it's all heirloom corn, which is being grown a lot of it in the in upstate New York. Um, and we were distilling because we're in Brooklyn with New York City water. We're not distilling with the proofing water that we use from Widow Jane. And it's I mean, why why would we do <laughs> if it's what's coming out of the tap? You know, like that's what we're gonna that's what we're gonna mash with. Um, but um, but we're still proofing down with that water, and so really the stuff that will be hitting the market soon, and you can buy it at the distillery now, um, is really almost everything is from new york state other than the wood which is amazing okay. yeah i'm, so I'm from a new yorker <laughs> i'm from the finger lake so like it's, it's, yeah. yeah this is very exciting i have to say for me when you're saying that creme brulee like i almost am getting like like you guys are saying apples and like i get it but like it's kind of meshing in my palate to like more of a date and mm-hmm. like that um tone it's so good, like that jewel fruit kind of tone. So good. I'm very excited about this. I've also given it to everybody that's working today to sample because I'm like, this is really good. Um, I didn't realize that everything that you were going to do was 100% donation. I feel like everybody should be behind this in like, if, like the U.S., like just you know, selling it or selling a cocktail with it to move the product to make the donation yeah. happen. Right. I mean, and we... I- and it's, it's, it will, you know, it, we're excited about it. It only went to certain markets because there was only so much of it, so much of it made. Um, but DC and Maryland are, are, are on those are in there. And so it, it's here in both DC and Maryland and then New York, Texas, California, Florida, um, and Chicago. I think that's probably all the markets that, that, uh, that it went to. Um, and we are seeing it at some accounts here. I know McClellan's has it, Jack Rose, obviously grabbed some of it, um, but some of it's still available both here and in Maryland. So anybody who's interested, um, you can do that. And if you're looking to get a bottle, which I know that I know some places like Jack Rose are running bottle shops. They, I think they've had it in their bottle shop, which we're not at it. (laughs) I was going to say, I'm not running a bottle shop, but I feel like I would like to do this here in all my stores. I didn't. Yeah. And then, you know, yeah, because like, I mean, that's such a great thing to do. Right. And from the consumer standpoint, um, to your point earlier, Mary, it gives us an opportunity to be able to participate by order by going to those locations that have it. It encourages mm-hmm. us to go support our local spaces and then know that um, while we're getting a little tipsy and having a good time and feeling a little bit back to normal, um, that we are also um, helping to provide um, uh, 
are participating in a greater greater cause so and making it yeah. very very easy for us to do it <laughs> so there's almost no reason not to <laughs> like a shot above the rest or something right or i don't know yeah. oh look who's the branding guru now <laughs> what? Oh, yeah whatever um again never ever put the mask back on after you drink that <laughs> My face is a new color red I've never seen. And I've been pretty shit-faced before. Anyway. Not you, Gina. No. Not me. <laughs> um, talk about the other, some other expressions and stuff. Because, like, people may not know the Widow Jane um, distillery. And it's from Brooklyn and where and. Yeah. You know, yeah. Yeah. So I have behind me. <laughs> so we actually, we also have a decadence that we've just released, too. And that we're finishing, um. Um, in our in Crown Maple, um, not not Crown Royal, but Crown Maple syrup from New York. We're finishing in their barrels, so that's a what, really delicious. Thing what was we that just called released. again? I'm sorry, I'm. It's called decadence. Decadence. Um, oh, and properly because named. it's just <laughs> finished with maple and 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 not at all like you know a maple flavored whiskey. It's just like a little bit of like dessert note on the end of it. So that's really delicious. We also have um, some rides you can see up above me here. Um, at home, they're a taller, thinner bottle. Um, and those are a little bit of a younger rye, but I call them like the really light, elegant ryes, which is not always something that's associated with, with rye. Um, but one has like an applewood finish. And so that's got a lot of really white flower notes to it. And they just, they drink a little bit tamer than some really spice bomb ryes. Um, so that's really delicious. And again, using that same water that Widow Jane uses. So nice long finishes mineral content to those as well may i um, ask you this mary i'm sorry to yeah. use this for our listeners sake um as you describe them is there certain cocktails that you would lean to or that you would think that these would uh, uh be good for, to use for that like seem like they oh they definitely want to play in that arena yeah for sure um i i mean i always just have with the rye i have a highball because it's so light and nice um but you can you can also do um like a really nice light sazerac with that is just be like a little easy on the bitters because it's like that's really nice um with the with the classic 10 i like a new, new york sour um i think this i think when you're using a really nice whiskey you do too much to it um you kind of almost sometimes lose what the whiskey is and with it with a sour they they the spirit always tends to shine through anyhow and a little bit of wine is really nice with kind of the long finish that widow jane naturally has um so it, i love a new york sour um which is really easy to do at home too you've got like a little wine left over in a bottle it's like boom now you're not now you're using everything you're sustainable <laughs> <laughs> yeah damn it <laughs> louise we can um attach a new york sour recipe um to, you know, when we go to designated drinker dot show for the recipes later for this yes. episode. Oh, great! Yeah, that'd be Deal? great. Deal. I like it. Um, let's make a cocktail. Is that okay? Oh, I feel like yeah, I want to make a cocktail. Mostly because I'm just standing here, like, now hmm, do I want to serve this up? I I don't know. Okay. So everybody has everything they need. If you're gonna make it with me, if you're not gonna make it with me, you can just watch. Um, so this cocktail that we're going to do today has egg white in it. And we know that if we, you know, listening to the show before, I always say that if you're going to use egg white in a cocktail, that you want to make sure that you do that first. And um, I'm calling this cocktail the pineapple for the people because it has, you know, it has such a good vibe behind it. And the fact that all the proceeds are going to be going to 
raise money for um, the restaurant workers. And I feel like what a positive message. And what's more welcoming than pineapple? Like nothing. It's the international symbol of hospitality um, invented by people that made pineapples. No, I'm just kidding. So <laughs> I don't even know where that all started, but I feel like I some do. farmer somewhere came up. No, with I'll tell you why really quickly. So it had to do with sailors because they were coming back from exotic places and they, the gift of a pineapple was a big deal. And so when there's the captain came back, they'd put the pineapple at the front to let the, everyone know that he was home. Which meant her oh. lovers could not come to the house is what I really think it had to do with. But yes, that's See, everyone's cool. safety. <laughs> I mean, that's pretty cool. All right. So we're going to make the cocktail. So the first thing we're going to do is we're going to take our egg and make sure that you leave your egg out for a little bit longer. I don't love to take my eggs directly from the refrigerator. I keep it out for like, I don't know, I can take a few at a time if I'm running service bar or if I'm going to... Um, you know, I don't keep them out all day. You can, eggs are completely fine like that. However, I like to get them just a little bit warm. And if you're taking them right from your refrigerator, your body temperature is roughly 96 degrees. So it's gonna kind of like give it a little a little love because what it does is that inside of there, you have all this protein. When you warm our protein a little bit, it's gonna give you a better froth. So we're going to crack our egg and we are going to take the yolk out of play and just put the egg white into the drink. And if you are gonna use that yolk later, you can use it for eggs in the morning, or you can keep it and, um, you know, make different cocktails later. Uh, whatever, whatever you wanna do, or if you're gonna make pasta, I have no idea. Or you can put it under your face for a skin mask, which is actually really true. <laughs> so if you are looking for collagen and stuff, it's really good to use. Anyway, so. Here's my containers, egg whites on one side, the smaller side, and then you have the larger side. That is where we're gonna build our cocktail. The reason why you do your egg white in the smaller side and separate from any of your liquor is that if you get eggshell in it or you get the yolk in it and it breaks, or by chance, if you break enough eggs open, one day you'll open it and there'll be a chicken in there. And you don't wanna put that in there and that's real. Especially that when you use eggs your from a whiskey. farm. That would ruin your whiskey, well, I'm gonna say. When you go through as many eggs as that we have, there is definitely a chance that it got fertilized and got pretty far along. <laughs> it's just nature, everybody. Okay, so we're gonna take two ounces of the Widow Jane. And again, if you want to put a little extra pepper on it, you can put a little quarter ounce on top. You don't have to. This is pretty strong, so you wanna make sure that you're um, doing that. I gave you a recipe for cardamom syrup. I really love cardamom. It's really beautiful. It's something that I like to uh, use. Uh, just kind of give it a, like a different perfume aspect. Then we're gonna put lemon juice. And you could squeeze fresh lemon juice in there. This is just fresh lemon juice that we have. And then we are going to use pineapple. And your pineapple juice, here's, here's a couple of tips, right? So you don't have a juicer at home. You don't have fresh pineapple juice. Get fresh pineapple and take a hand squeezer and squeeze it directly into your glass. You can muddle it in the bottom, put a little bit extra in there and then you'll have to shake it and double strain it. Um, as long as that makes sense to everybody. Okay, so you have all those ingredients in there except for we are not going to put the Angostura bitters in there. I think I might've written that and I did not mean to. So we're gonna take this and we're gonna do a dry shake. Dry shake means that you're not putting any wet in there, meaning your ice. So we're gonna take this, dry shake, top it, give it a little love tap, and we're gonna shake. And what's gonna happen when you have um, egg whites 
is that you have protein in there building, so a little bit of pressure is gonna happen. So make sure that you keep your hands on the top of your shaker tin so it doesn't pop up in your face. You that would not a be good a good thing. <laughs> <laughs> and you wanna give it a good shake because what you're looking for is a really nice thick foam before oh. you add your ice. Because once you add your ice, there's no going back. And either you're gonna have to shake it more or it just won't be that frothy. So, I'm gonna add the ice now back. Again, I'm gonna say one more time, make sure you're 90 degrees, whether you're sitting or standing, and you're gonna shake. And you wanna shake until your drink is nice and cold, and you will know that by being able to write on your shaker tin. And if you're using something like a plastic Chinese food container, or to-go, or snapware, you need to shake a little bit longer, because the tin actually gives you a little insulation to make it um, to make it colder. All right, so now we're gonna give it a little smack off, and that I'm having the same problem, Gina. I don't know what I do wrong. When I smack it, it just goes back to the other side. All right, so you gotta hit it a little bit harder. It will come off. Aha! That's what it was. I didn't hit hard enough. <laughs> I'll tell Dave that next time. Um, yeah, <laughs> poor Dave. All right, so here's what we could do. This is uh, this is one way you could do it with a double strainer. You do not have to do a double strain. You want to do a double strain? Great. If you don't, no problem. You also have a choice in this cocktail. You could serve it straight up in a Collins glass, all the way, fill it, or you could serve it up in a cocktail glass. Up to you. Just make sure whatever you're going to use it on that you're chilling it. The reason why I'm pouring this over ice is because it is 100 proof. And it's just a little, a little bit of extra water as this goes down. It's gonna make it just a little bit um, smoother. So we have our double strain happening. And you see that on top, all of the foam is going down. Sorry, laying on the top, not going down. Better not go down. And we're just gonna give it a little, little tap in there. And then, there we go. So you wanna garnish this with uh, two pineapple fronds if you save them from the top of your pineapple. I 100% forgot to save the pineapple fronds because I was rushing to get everything done. But if I was at home, unforgivable. <laughs> and now I'm looking for my bitters. I don't even know what anything is in my own bar. Wait, Gina, you said you were Russian. I thought you were Italian. How the hell yeah. are you Russian? Okay, so. Bad Jad joke. All right, so we're gonna do two dashes of bitters on the top. And if you're feeling snazzy, you can of course make a little design or something. And I'm just gonna do that little, little, little something something right there. And that is it. That is pineapple for the people. And you should go out and support your bars and feel free to use my recipe. More importantly, get Widow Jane so Widow Jane can give money to the restaurant in place. Oh, it looks pretty. Oh, let me see. I love it. Oh, let me, let me move this. We can all take a picture. I know. I'm like, like frondless. I sent out the recipe and I forgot the frond. Frondless. Cheers. Oh, that's so good. I'm not that's mad so at that. Good. Easy peasy, right? <laughs> you know, it's, it's, um, seems to be my word for the day, but that's a really approachable way to. Um, not everyone is, uh, you know, again, our 
our listeners are sometimes novice to cocktails, learning how to, to navigate the space, this drink is makes whiskey very approachable, if that makes sense at all. It's such a lovely cocktail. Very tasty. I, I, I like them so you can just sling them back. <laughs> I I never want you to be like, oh, so hard. It was like really strong drink. I'm always like, you're like, oh my God, I could drink 10. Perfect. And I love all, I the, all the citrus in the winter because we always, you know, think about it in summer, but this is when it's at its best. Um, this is when you're getting kind of just beautiful oranges and pineapples and lemons. Uh, I know, right? Pineapple daiquiri should be drank in the in the winter. Yeah. Not in the summer. I know. I feel like that's a real thing. Where we should be getting pineapples in, juicing them, and then storing the juice. Who is that? Who is that little cutie patootie? This is Julep. Hi, oh, julep. my gosh. So far, <laughs> listeners who are listening, it's a little puppy. <laughs> she saw the cocktail and she jumped right up. She's like, <laughs> it's that she drank them. I love that. She'll like take a lick for sure. <laughs> I absolutely love that. Um, All right, Jenny, let's do our bartending, our barkeeping, rather, because um, yep. you just did the bartending. Um, where are they going to go to get all of our uh, all of your recipes? Uh, it's a designated drinker dot show, and you'll get all of the tips, tricks, and then the extra recipe that we're going to do is the um, New York sour, which we have on our website somewhere. But I will make sure that you have it on this episode as well. Gina always um, makes sure I'm doing it right. Yeah, absolutely. That's great. That's great. So the other thing we'll also have um, there, well, like again, we'll have all the notes um, at the website as well as our episode notes. Um, where to get Widow's Jane or Widow's Jane? <laughs> I obviously need to drink more. How? Um, <laughs> uh, but where you can go a little bit more about Widow J- Widow Jane and all the efforts that are going um, forward in helping our bartenders and their lovely, lovely children. Oh, I love that. Well, Louise, I get I one more question, time. yeah. Yep, yeah. it's all you, sister. All right. So, in this day and age, everybody has a spirit animal. Obviously, you'll be like, you know what? I really identify myself with, uh, um, you know, I don't even know. I didn't think of a really good animal for you. It's <laughs> just going out of my head. I was going to say a, a fairy, but that's not an animal. That's a creature. But every time I but think of you. But a ferret is. No, a fairy. I keep, every time I think of uh, Mary Kelly, she's always evolving and she has such a great spirit around her. I feel like she's not, her mythical, she's a mythical be, um, creature. <laughs> so she'd have to be a fairy to me. And it's like, I mean that like the nicest way. Um, but if you can identify yourself by one spirited ingredient, whether it is something in cooking or cocktails, what would it be and why? I think for me, because um, I have aspirations to one day make, make this, um, it, it's, it's apple brandy, like a Calvados style apple, apple brandy, um, but from the Finger Lakes. Um, it's like, that's where I'd like to end up someday. We still have, you know, a house up there and I can see retiring up there while <laughs> picking out apples and, and, and doing all that. So for, for me, that, that French style kind of um, apple brandy is always my jam and something I'd like to do more with. I love that. That's a great nice. answer. Nice. That's a great answer. All right, everybody go out and support your, uh, your bartender and all those that work in our food and beverage industry. Um, say please, say thank you and wear your damn mask.
I just want to make one thing. If anybody's looking um, locally where to support, and in addition to what we did, uh, go to barmagic.com. Tobin Ellis has put up a site all across the country. He will tell you how to locally support. He will tell you how to macroly, <laughs> countrywide support. Great. Um, and all it takes is, is clicking on your state and all of the information he's gathered for you. Well, we'll make sure that's um, all of our show notes as well. Absolutely. Absolutely. Cheers, Mary. Thank you for coming. Cheers. The Designated Drinker Show is produced by Missing Link, a podcast media company that is dedicated to connecting people to intelligent, engaging, and informative content. Also in the Missing Link lineup of podcasts is Roger That, a podcast dedicated to guiding you through the haze of dementia, led by skilled caregivers Bobby and Mike Carducci. Now, if you're looking for a whole new way to enjoy the theater, check out Between Acts, an immersive audio theater podcast experience. Each episode takes you on a spellbinding journey through the works of newfound playwrights, from dramas to comedies and everything in between. Find Missing Link's League of Podcasts on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you find your podcasts. Don't forget to subscribe, download, and review the shows. Your review helps our shows reach new audiences. To find out more about Missing Link, visit missinglink.company. That's missinglink.company.